0: Welcome to a Capgemini podcast on cloud. Uh, in this introductory episode on cloud strategy, I have the pleasure of talking to cloud experts, Google's Palab Deb and Capgemini's Manas Deb, who will be offering their insights and advice on how organizations can find and implement the right cloud strategy. So let's jump straight into it, and I'll ask uh, my guests to, to introduce themselves. So perhaps we can start with with Palab. Could you introduce yourself and in your role, please?
1: Sure. Good morning, Carl. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Palab. I am responsible for driving tech partnerships in the AI area for Google Cloud. In that uh, capacity, I end up talking to a whole lot of companies, whether they are GSIs or tech companies, and influence their strategies to use Google Cloud for their strategic objectives.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's great to to have you on board. Uh, And now, uh, Manas, please. So hi,
2: Carl. Uh, I'm Manas Depp, and I am the cloud computing business leader for Capgemini Europe. So besides leading sales and go-to-market for our cloud computing business, I'm also part of the global team that designs and creates our cloud services portfolio. So just like Colab, you know, I'm out there seeing a lot as to what's happening actually in the field, uh, how customers are moving to cloud or you know what's good and bad and what's bad. You know?
0: Well, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast. Okay, well, I suppose we, we should start by... T- well, I, there is no hotter topic than cloud, and, and so many clients are, are adopting cloud. Maybe it even you know, poses the question, do you even need a cloud strategy?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, Carl, it's funny that you put it that way. Do you even need a cloud strategy? Because I think uh, we are at a point of time where there is perhaps... Uh, the criticality of the, having a cloud strategy is perhaps more important than and more critical than ever before. I'll call out a few reasons, and I'm sure you know, Manus, uh, you'll love to weigh in on them with your experience out there. But uh, number one, the whole reality that there are multiple cloud options. So it isn't just one, besides having applications run on your data center. There is, of course, now and the the options of having a private cloud, so as to say, there are, of course, now multiple options on the public cloud. As I talk to companies across sectors, whether they are banks or telcos or retailers, uh, there's a very concerted effort to step back look back at the journey they have traversed so far, which is more often than not a lot of it uh, in-house, on-prem, and a few things or substantial parts of it to one cloud. People are now stepping back and saying, hey, is that the right strategy? Shouldn't we be evaluating what's out there and make sure we really use the best of each clouds that are available? So what should we really have on Google Cloud versus what should we have on the others is a very considerate, deliberate, thoughtful decision and that plays a key part to their strategy. And we see a lot and lot of companies stepping back and making that decision.
2: I was just thinking about this as Paulo was talking. And I thought of a scenario. There was some period of time that I spent in Brazil working. If you go to a Brazilian suburb, yeah, you will see many kids casually and spontaneously playing soccer in the streets. But does that mean that their national soccer team does not need some major strategies to compete in the World Cup? So. Indeed, Karl, it, it is a very good observation that cloud projects are now seen practically in all enterprises, yeah? However, are all these enterprises reaching their desired goals with cloud transformation? And and perhaps even more importantly, have they all clearly articulated their transformation goals and have identified the adoption options as to how to get there with the prevailing constraints of time, resource, and, you know, the current IT landscapes, current IT practices, and so forth. And as Paulo was pointing out, indeed, today, most cloud implementations in enterprises are non-trivial from a, from a deployment scenario point of view. 80-plus percent are multi-cloud. That means they're deploying several uh, hyperscaler platforms. Nearly 60% are hybrid. That means they're combining private and private, uh, public cloud. Clear strategies leading to some structure in cloud computing adoption, therefore, are critical to successful transformation indeed.
0: Let's move on to talk about the, the journey, the cloud journey of a, a given company. I wonder if, um, and again, we could, we could start with Pallab, what the, what the starting point should be in, in evaluating, first of all, what stage a given company is on, on their cloud journey, and secondly, determining the correct cloud strategy for, for that organization?
1: Carl, that's a great question. And uh, in my opinion, there is a lot more to it than what appears at first glance. As I look at customers and we interact with customers, uh, a ton of them really, on a, almost on an everyday basis, of whom, you know, some of them come over to our premises over here, but my, many a times we are fortunate to be in, their, in the thick of their strategy as they think through uh, how to really embrace cloud uh, depending on where they are in this entire journey. Number one, of course, is from a pure technology, engineering, IT perspective. I'd I'd like to also emphasize on the business side, there is a journey too. It's sometimes overlooked at its own peril. But here's what I call out. Uh, As we talk with, let's say, for example, the chief digital officer at a retailer, he or she has her own vision of how that journey should be like and what she or she is trying to get at. So a traditional retailer looking at the cloud through the lens of a business user or a business executive has a completely different objective, completely different timelines. And the experience that he or she desires in their journey is also very different. There are a lot of business milestones that are the year marks of success. And the uh, the participation of business in getting to those objectives are as real and as critical as IT or technology milestones. So I'll give you an example. Uh, a traditional retailer trying to get into this business of really being able to be always on, leverage the online presence and really make good on uh, having a online, a sturdy online retail presence really has to think through, are they going to even uh, uh, from a strategic objective First, bother about trying to build that infrastructure themselves and on their uh, uh, and on their on their data center. Number two, do they go to the public cloud? What sort of capabilities are they looking for in the public cloud to drive business success? Uh, how deep is personalization going to be in their overall objective? Is AI and machine learning going to drive a lot of the final outcome they desire to send to their customers? And suddenly, this conversation varies on to what sort of milestones are they going to decide at each step as they try to build their online retail presence? And that's where business becomes very critical in defining milestones for this journey, which are driven by business objectives and obviously leaning on uh, partners and system integrators who can help them traverse their journey.
2: The reason why somebody may want to go to cloud could vary quite drastically, right? But regardless of what that that is the ultimate goal, I think it is paramount indeed that the stakeholders, those thinking about strategy, creating roadmap, should have these higher-level goals in, in view. In fact, you cannot sometimes even take the same type of company. You see one example that a particular type of company has done something with cloud, and the next company will do the same. If you start from some business perspectives, when you're thinking transformation, Trying to make sure that the business will ultimately some business needle will move, then indeed you have to be aligned with those kinds of goals.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and Manas, what are what are you finding the the, the main concerns of organizations starting out on their uh, their journey?
2: A lot of the time, the concern is it depends what you are trying to do. So, for example, if a if a customer wants to handle their legacy first, right? So they want to Like I said, it could be part of their data center modernization or could be simply IT landscape modernization, right? But if you do that, a typical large enterprise has many thousands of applications running, right? So so you need an immediate concern, therefore, is, okay, so what am I going to move in what sequence and what will be the implication? What will I gain? What will I lose? What will I risk? But if you are thinking about emerging landscape, as one of the things that Pallav was pointing out, suppose you indeed want to leverage uh, things like AI or big data analytics or IoT and those kinds of things and build new kinds of capabilities or extend your current products or services into this digital world, then you are thinking of doing uh, application development, testing, deployment, improvement, all of that in a cloud-native way and that has a different kind of concern, right? So how do you get your people to work in a CICD mode, like continuous integration, continuous delivery mode, can be an issue. Things like that. Do You, do, you don't do standard waterfall way of working anymore. So a concern can be, can the organization adopt some agile way of working? But of course, mind you that in large enterprises, uh, the companies are often pursuing multiple goals at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I suppose it leads me on to our next question, which is um, a given cloud strategy can be or needs to be as unique as as any given organization. Um, So, yeah, leading me on to my next next question about, you know, how imperative it is for a cloud strategy to reflect outcomes on a a business perspective, uh, Palab.
1: Yeah, I, I think leading, this is a good segue from Manus's uh, uh, commentary, because uh, I see the imperative to have business success uh, tied into both tech success, IT success, and which is where uh, technology milestones we've spoken about that a short while ago become so critical and also more complex and so never never to be trivialized. But there's also one other important success, and that's uh, Manus alluded to it, and that's about adoption and change management right in my view again we've seen and we have seen this through the era of it transformation whether it was from mainframes to client server and to the internet technologies and now to cloud at every stage one should realize that the change for the end user whether she is or he is a 50 or 60 year old person sitting at a sitting behind a computer screen and taking on answering complex customer questions Uh, the change for that person is also not to be trivialized. So there are success markers that has to be defined. To your question, Carl, I think it's super important to have, first of all, that strategy, and that's why we are dwelling on the fact that it's never more important or critical than now to have a clear thought-out strategy that looks at the concerns, the journey, the success markers, and the participation imperatives of leadership on both technology, on change management, and on business side. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, a lot of these transformation programs are indeed very, very business-led. And so businesses' participation, their active leadership in this uh, journeys are extremely important. And their ability to therefore define what does success mean for me in three months' time or six months or nine months become extremely critical to defining the course of their journey.
0: Let's talk about the importance of organizations uh, changing their cultural mindset uh, when adopting a particular cloud strategy. I suppose it's inevitable that in any large organization, there will be a particular way of thinking and uh, and culture. Is it is it every time uh, that um, there has to be a, a rethinking of cultural mindset, uh, Maness?
2: Well, I think I would tend to say yes, every time. The reason is, That working in the cloud environment is a standardized, is very standardized, and very service-oriented way of working. In fact, you cannot invoke a cloud capability without invoking a service. Mm -hmm. So IT can deliver its services then pretty much via service catalogs and at much, much faster pace because a lot of these services are pre-programmed, they are scripted, they are... You know, they have been tested multiple times. uh, So you make one click and you get an environment. So this is environment as a service, even complex environments, and not environments as pets that you have to nurture and take care of all the time, right? So IT, therefore, can become more proactive in offering more innovation-enabling services to business. So this modus operandi is quite different than traditional IT where many of the IT services are commissioned. So somebody creates a project, and then IT people go to work. And often, services that, are, that offer similar capabilities may still have very large custom variations. So basically, you're replicating a lot of work. So in the cloud way of working, the mindset of IT service providers, so now I'm talking internal IT, uh, and, and the consumers so also the business side or the business it they should know they should learn and internalize how they can quickly absorb the, these kinds of services from the main core it groups and and so th- those mindsets have to change and a whole lot whole set of it job description also may have to change because now you take care of uh, your customers so that means it taking care of the business in a different way than you did before by the way we have examples where large organizations one come to my mind one of the largest banks in the world where this taking care of how to work differently actually brought them healthy double digit millions in savings over a year
1: great yeah, um, if i could just jump in here
0: please please
1: yeah Yeah, i was just thinking manas uh, i there's also this uh, example with where both of us are working pretty close together to uh, transform the banking experience for a major bank uh, in, the, in Europe. And I think that's a great example, again, because we are touching literally not just the uh, ability of the bank to substantially reduce their costs. But uh, here again, uh, almost breaking on the entire landscape, applications landscape, which composes of pretty complex applications, core banking applications that were written years ago, uh, moving them over uh, to, to run on Google Cloud in, in uh, producing the same experience and in many ways in a much more efficient way. And then more importantly, not just the core banking application, the payments application, the risk analytics uh, applications, or for that matter, the trading applications, uh, pr- the really building that ability to run the bank on the cloud as opposed to running it on-prem. Those are pretty complex uh, engagements, very transformative in nature. And I think reflective of the way Capgemini and Google can work together right from uh, the assessment, like Manus called out, to the point where we are driving joint success uh, for our customers in an extremely meaningful way.
0: So I suppose always these days at the top of, all towards the top of the list of uh, concerns of organizations uh, about to adopt a, cl- a cloud strategy uh, would be, you know, the impact of, of GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation with the sort of, you know, transferring uh, data from from territory across territories. Is this correct, uh, Manas? Is it? Are you hearing that it's um, towards the top of the list of concerns?
2: Yeah, it stays on top of the list for sure. But what is interesting is that I would even go back three, four, five years ago when uh, this item um, would have genuinely stopped somebody from going to cloud. I mean, then it was not called GDPR, uh, but the equivalent version of it, yeah, um, or some that did not want to move, found a great excuse in it. Right. But the fact of the matter is that it is it does address something fairly serious, right? So GDPR has a pervasive impact on how information security and data privacy are handled both from data controller, in this case the customer that is moving to cloud, and from a data processor point of view, the data processor could be, for example, the platform provider. Yeah. So it's a third-party risk, as it is, is often called. But the, the, the issue is it is important. We also have to keep in mind that it's not just GDPR, but in many countries, especially in Europe, and for example, the country I'm speaking from right now in Germany, yeah, that certain local laws actually go way and beyond GDPR. So we actually have to take the union, take the the higher of these uh, EU laws or regulations and the, the country laws and regulations and be compliant. These are just some necessary things that need to be done. And there are lots of very good solution. The cloud platform themselves are highly secure. In most cases, better secure than most customers' uh, security uh, measures. It, what it requires typically is a secure by design principle to be baked in as you design the transformation right so so and when we do that as a as a standard practice in our engagements but of course if the customer already had a good um, data governance practice so they know you know how to define sensitive data how to track sensitive data what constitutes fair use of such data etc then the job gets much more easier but this is not anymore stopping anyone I do not I, I don't see that anymore. People are just paying attention. It's an important work that needs to get done.
1: I love the point Manas made that uh, yeah, quite often, uh, and I, I can relate to it so much, this was often an excuse for um, not <laughs> having to change status quo and not having to bring in a lot more turmoil than what is already there in the enterprise. But uh, it, uh, typically we hear three things, right? Uh, when customers come to talk to us, they are number one, um, uh, Um, are you, Mr. Google, looking at my data? I don't want you to look at it. Are you looking at it? Convince me that you aren't looking at it. That's question number one. Uh, Question number two, okay, now that I understand you aren't looking at it, how secure it is and how do you ensure that others aren't looking at it? And will it stay? Will it comply with the rules of the land, the laws of the land? That's your second one that comes to us. And the third one that comes to us, uh, all right, now I understand it is compliant. You are not looking at it. Is my experience going to be any different? Uh, you are showing me uh, that you have uh, regions and all across the world. If my data is resident in Australia and I'm sitting in Germany, uh, am I, is my experience going to be worse off than what it is there in terms of accessing data in my own data center? I think those are three things that come through. And what I always encourage uh, people to do is uh, spend half a day with us. At uh, either London or New York or San Francisco, we can really walk you through it. Highly uh, serverless, it's highly distributed, highly secure. You bring your own key to the table, and the root of trust that establishes that security is built right from the hardware level up. From the
0: can we uh, talk about the, the the various stages of of cloud adoption? You know, as as defined defined by uh, Capgemini and uh, and the Google Cloud platform you know and the um the the criteria for assessing cloud readiness uh, perhaps we could uh, start with Manas. so
2: we have we do strategy at two levels so one is a very top down uh, strategy assessment we use eight different dimensions and this span so so that produces a very high level roadmap high level strategy sometimes also uh, some segmentation right saying okay if your business does this 10 things, these three things are probably very good candidates for moving to cloud right away. Then when it comes to planning application migration. So now so let's say you have decided one way or another whether aided by our high-level strategy analysis or the customer already did something on their own. And then they start to think, okay, here is a landscape I'd like to move. What should I do now? Right? So planning an application migration, it needs to pay attention two, three things. Yeah? First, application time, whether it's package-based solution or custom-developed. Data associated with these applications, so how much of data, how often do they change? So sometime in the data engineering parlor, you say this is cold data, warm data, hot data, things like that. Yeah? And then also the network capacity needed for working in the cloud. So what's moving, how fast they need to move, and so forth. And then there is the thing that I already mentioned. There's also the people, process, and policy aspects, the way of working considerations when moving to cloud. So whenever we take IT landscapes, either legacy or emerging landscapes, to cloud, we divide our activities into two major phases. The first one is discovery to recommendation, and the second phase is recommendation to run and manage. And in each phase, we look at three categories of concerns. The first one is portfolio. That means this is all the assets that you're looking at. With you know, depending on your vantage point, it could be all your application assets, could be all your infra, or a combined set of assets. Landing zones is the next one, next category. This is where uh, all the technical consideration, design of where this the ultimate application will go or the infrastructure will go and run. So those are the landing zone considerations. And the operating model does those, the three P considerations: right? people, process, policy. In the end, then you get a very comprehensive transformation roadmap, and also guidance, a good guidance for all the implementation activities.
1: So um, I think from the Google side, very clearly we rely. Uh, pretty heavily on our uh, partners like Capgemini, because they are considered as trusted advisors uh, by our mutual customers in bringing to bear unbiased opinion and unbiased uh, uh, advisory services to them. So we respect that and we absolutely want to make sure that we make Capgemini's life a lot simpler, ensuring that there's a lot of tooling and uh, uh, materials available as they go about making the right recommendations. With that said, uh, we we also sometimes do get called by customers uh, to to in, to come in and weigh in on their cloud strategy. Uh, so this year, Google's gone about a process of identifying uh, almost around 200 odd of our largest customers and really treating them with a as a, a as what we call as a premier set of accounts, uh, which essentially involves having a very heavy presence from Google in terms of account management. Uh, uh, transformation advisors, customer success advisors, uh, and of course technical resources available to that account. What that does is, of course, ensures that there is uh, almost always a Google person uh, of appropriate skill sets advising the customer and being able to jointly build this sort of a strategy uh, through a pretty uh, well established roadmap for this particular uh, for the customer's journey.
0: As we're we're coming to the the end of this podcast episode on cloud, uh, thank you both so much for, for time. I've I've enjoyed talking to you, but I wonder if you'd mind signing off with what you both find the most exciting about working in in your you know in cloud.
2: So you know, oftentimes, yeah, I when I'm in my keynotes or talking to customers, sometimes addressing large body of people inside customers, they have questions. They want to know when I should use cloud. I say one thing, that is, don't use cloud, but use cloud in everything that you do, right? Basically trying to say sort of something that Paul have also said in the beginning, right? Just don't do cloud just because you see other people doing cloud. Do cloud because it'll move some needle for you. It'll do something good for you, right? And cloud actually has this capability to be helpful in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, I think nothing gives me more joy than to uh, meet customers who, who have bought into this vision and they experience the initial success. Uh, we see a lot of them. Uh, it almost always uh, starts off with dipping their toes in the water. But, uh, you know, I enjoy seeing them relishing it and then going waist deep and then neck deep and really relishing their time in the cloud. Right. I think there's no joy more than this.
0: That's great. Thank you very much. And, and, and thank you both again for, for giving your time to, to the podcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Manus It was very enjoyable.
2: Thanks. Yes, I'm here
0: great and this is a reminder to our listeners that subsequent episodes will feature such cloud subjects as containerization and edge so we very much hope you'll join us for for that so um thank you very much